Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, Lord, Who Shall Abide in Thy Tabernacle? It shall be focused on the study of Psalms chapter 15. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy Word. We thank Thee, Lord, that Thy ways are higher than our ways. So we subject ourselves to Your Word today. May it cleanse our thoughts and our ways of thinking. And may we take on Your way of thinking. In the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Psalms chapter 15. Psalm 15 A Psalm of David Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly, and worketh righteousness, and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. In whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt, and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled Investments. This was preached in 1963 on November the 16th. We'll begin at paragraph 77 up to paragraph 125. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Now, I want to speak just a moment to my minister brethren. Also, we're a congregation here of both ministers and businessmen. I'm just a little afraid that our great system of our churches today has come to that same place. For the Bible claims that we will come in the last days to the Lady Osea Church Age, which is rich, increasing goods, has need of nothing. Knowest thou not that thou art miserable, poor, wretched, blind, and don't know it? There's the sad part, don't know it. Blinded. Why wouldn't those Pharisees, the scholars of the seminaries, know Jesus Christ when he was thoroughly identified by the Bible? When he proved that he was the prophet that Moses said would be raised up, and they hadn't had prophets for hundreds of years, and here he stood amongst them with the very word of God. But the Bible said that they were blind Pharisees. And the Bible tells us that they must be blind. What a pitiful thing. In the same Bible that said that they would be blinded, said the Lady Osea Church Age would be blinded. Miserable, wretched, poor, naked, and blind, and don't know it. If we could find a man on the street or a person that was in that condition, it would be a pitiful thing if you could go to him now and talk to he or she. And if you look at the dressing of some of our modern women, you'll find out they're just about that way in the natural. But if you go to them and tell them that they're wrong, 
And if they would listen and understand that they are naked, they would try to help themselves, but naked and don't know it. Now, in this day, God has sent back the Holy Spirit, which if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever, then he's still the same Messiah. And the life of Christ is in his church, vindicating his word. That's how God was in the earth in the form of Jesus Christ, being the word, to make the word live. And the Holy Spirit's today in the flesh, making the word of God live to every promise and every wonder and everything that he promised. It's there. And the churches has been given the opportunity to receive this policy of eternal life. But they made the rational mistake that the rich young ruler made. They uh, went off to the councils, uniting together, all coming under a form of ecclesiastical head, which is predicted by the Bible. We see that in our organizational systems, and they're in Rome and so forth now. Now we have no axes to grind. No punches to pull, just tell the truth. That's the way it's written. God always vindicates his truth. And the church in that kind of a condition is offered to take the policy. And upon the same basis that many of you businessmen here this morning belonging to those churches, I don't say leave it. No, sir. You go there and be a light. But take light with you. Notice the same basis that that rich young ruler turned down the opportunity. The same basis is that the church turns down the opportunity today for eternal life. Because the church itself, it would mire their inheritance of their fathers, the great traditions that the fathers stood for. And then if the Holy Spirit fell in some great ecclesiastical system, well, I'm afraid that the officials wouldn't put up with it. It'd be excommunicated from that organization. See, and they can't hardly afford to do it. He would no more be doctor, holy father, whatever it was. He would be just a common man among us. There's no big people in Christianity. That's the world does that. We are all the same size, sons and daughters of God, and not no holier than thou art. We are children of God by the grace of God. When we read in the Bible that God told John on the Isle of Patmos that the deeds of the Nicolaitans he hated. Nicol conquered a lady to conquer the lady and put all the holiness in some certain man. Holiness is through all. The Holy Spirit fell upon the whole group. There is no holy man anyhow. It's a holy God. We don't say holy church, holy people. It's holy God. We're not holy, but he's holy. It's not a holy minister. It's the Holy Spirit. He ministers through the minister. Not holy men. We're none of us holy. But they uh, seemingly too many times are turning down the same opportunity. In Revelation 3, we read this. That the Lady Osea Church, we're pictured one of the most saddest pictures of all the Bible, 
Revelation 3 at the Lady of Sia Church. All the rest of churches through the Lutheran age and the seven church ages, each one it is said about Jesus being in the church. He that's in the church. But in the Lady of Sia, he was on the outside knocking, trying to get back in. What a pitiful thing to think that the Son of God knocking on his own church trying to get back in. But the riches of this world has blinded their eyes. Not only rich in money, but rich in popularity. Rich in the things of the world. The cares of life until you've rubbed shoulders and intellectual man has come in and taken away that grain, that, that pearl of great price. But God predestinated a people to be there. Somebody's going to be there. But they turn it down. Not all of them will. Some of them will receive it. Now, they put him out of their love, their love of his word. They pick up a creed and adopt the creed, anything you take instead of something. For instance, you were married to a lovely woman. She loved you and you loved her, you said. After a while, you take another woman. You take another man. You have to turn your first love down. And that's the only way we can adopt a creed is when we turn our first love down, the Word. You cannot believe an error until first you step over the truth. But we got to place till we shake hands and put them on the church. They still smoke, drink, have parties. I was speaking of last night, coming down on the elevator, there was a lady... On the elevator, talked about she's going to a church party. Said, it's in the basement of the church. We're going to play bunco. And they had turkeys they was going to give away. And this was to help pay the pastor and the missions. See, you're adopting something. That isn't God's program. If it ever gets to a place that I cannot preach the gospel uh, until it's to indulge in things like that, I close the Bible and go home. Too bad, but we have. Why? Because it's turned down the policy of eternal life. That's what does this. Lost their love. I went into a little place in the hotel lobby night before last, and I was going to have a sandwich. I said to the lady, "Bring me a, a sandwich and a glass of buttermilk." And I'm not sure if I say this right or not. But the little lady looked like she'd cankered with all that blue under her eyes and things. And, and about enough clothes on you could put in an aspirin box. She said, uh, you want bourbon on rocks? I said, I beg your pardon. She said, bourbon on what? I said, I said, buttermilk. <laughs> she said, well, what do you want to drink? I said, buttermilk. She said, well... We had some fine mixed drinks. I said, lady, I'm a minister of the gospel. She said, our, I'm Catholic. She said, our priest come in and drink. I said, I, I'm not a Catholic priest. I'm a minister of the gospel. She said, when you have a mixed drink, I said, don't mix nothing with it. Just bring me plain buttermilk. And, I, and she didn't know. But there you are. See? There you are. Religion. Just the same as the world. Religion means a covering. If you can be covered by the world, you'll act like the world. But if you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, you think the thing. You don't care for those things no more. 
You see nothing but the blood, and God only recognizes the blood. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. We are grateful to God for these things. Now we're talking about this policy um, of eternal life. And many times, being among those Pentecostal people, they, they can just preach so fast. And, and I, I, I'm so slow. I'm a, I'm a rebel to begin with, a southerner. I, I just have to take my time. Uh, like out here on the street, they almost run over me. And I, I, I get back in the corner and wait till all the crowd gets by. And it looks like it don't end here. So I, I'm kind of slow. They have to bear with me a, a little bit. Let's think of, of some of the holders of this policy. Let's invest this, uh, investigate rather this morning some people who have taken out this policy before so we can see if the policy is reliable or not. I'm talking about the Word of God, which is Christ in flesh. Someone who's helped this policy. We would begin back and quickly go through a few holders. There was a man one time who was offered this policy. He was a farmer. And the Lord God met him with his word and said, there's going to be a, a flood that's going to destroy the whole world. You're going to act very funny now if you want to receive this policy, but it'll save your life. I want you to build an ark. It was Noah. And although the rest of the religious world in that day thought the old man was crazy, and it certainly didn't meet the scientific order of the day, because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, a world like that, so shall it be the coming of the Son of Man. When the policy has so many names wrote on it. And he's up there redeeming this morning all those who will have their name on that book. Now, after a while, the last name is going on, and that's, that'll finish it. Come in now, my brethren. Don't wait after a while. It might be too late. Come now while you have the opportunity, while, you, while it's offered to you. We find that Noah made this investment. He's a very popular farmer and probably knowed many people and had great things, but... He sold out, maybe his farms, to get the material to build on the ark. People laughed at him. Satan caused that. He might have been called a holy roller. As one stated this morning, he became a holy roller on the floor when he found and signed his name in the blood of the Lord Jesus that he wanted to hold this policy. And he, Noah did the same thing, and he got rid of what he had. And he built an ark, laughed at, tried the Satan. But we find out that his policy paid off in saving his life. Not only his life, but his house. Now, I believe that that's true. Not only you, maybe the, the wife, a businesswoman, the man, a businessman. You say, what that's got to do with my family? I was asked one time, Paul and Silas, the flipping jailer, he said, uh, what can I do to have eternal life? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou and thy house. Why? If he truly, not make belief, but believe. 
Jesus said, These signs, Mark 16, shall follow, not maybe, shall follow those that believe. And if you've got faith enough for your own salvation, you can also claim your family by faith. If you've got that kind of faith, your faith can help your family. Thou and thy house. And Noah's family, seeing that the father, a good man, was pounding away. His sons and his daughter-in-laws and so forth come pounding away with him. Bearing the reproach of the word. You always have to do that. The kingdom of God doesn't come without trials. Man, press into it. Into the kingdom of God. Without observation. Now, but it paid off in saving his life. We could stay hours on Noah. But let's go to another by the name of Daniel. Being a prophet, the opportunity to become God's prophet, and the word of God comes only to a prophet. No other way. It always comes to a prophet. to those who would not understand. A businessman, I, I wouldn't say nothing critical about that. See, it must be an important thing that the Holy Spirit would break in upon the message to do such a thing, give a warning. Now, we believe in unknown tongues as a gift. I used to think that it was wrong. When I was uh, just first come among the people, I thought that maybe those people speaking in tongues uh, uh, maybe were just putting that on. But I wouldn't say nothing because, you remember, we can blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about wrong thing. So I find out when I went to Africa and traveled the world over, there isn't a sound without a significance of it. Every little cluck and move has a meaning of some sort. Then we just keep still till the Holy Spirit speaks its word back. And that's the reason perhaps he broke in on the message to say, as I understood it, I hope I did, that hear the words of the Lord and to obey the words of the Lord. Now... Just remember, that wasn't me. That was man, a gifted man, with, uh, speaking with other languages. And, and the man themselves would not do that. I don't think uh, when a message was going on, they wouldn't speak it. If it wasn't something that the Holy Spirit was urgently getting to, maybe one soul here, I don't know. See, I don't know nothing about that. That's up to God. See, but we always want to respect and give reverence to anything that God would do. Now, back to the thought of the policyholders of the very policy that these men are also filled with to do these works. 
Now, to bring in the midst of a message something to in, inject in there and say, this is the Holy Spirit, in other words, speaking to you. Daniel was the one that we were talking to. He was a policyholder. He was a man filled with uh, God's Spirit because the Word was in Daniel. Daniel was a prophet. And the Bible said in Hebrews, the first chapter, in di- uh, times of old, God in divers manners, many places, uh, spoke to the fathers by the prophets. Now, the prophet is a compound word, which means a revealer of the Scripture and a foreteller of things that is to come, to show that God doesn't change his message. Every age, God has always used not an organization, nor a group, or a system, but a man. And the unchangeable God, he made one way in the Garden of Eden that man should be saved. That's by the blood. We can have educational systems and denominational systems, but God turns it down. It still remains blood. That's the only way. God uses an individual. Two men will never see the thing alike, so God can only get one person in his hands. Then through there, like Moses and through Daniel and through the different prophets. And listen, you say, well, what about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit doesn't change it. Look, the word of the Lord comes to the prophet. John was the prophet of the hour. He's standing in the water declaring that the Messiah was already among them somewhere. He would know it by a sign. And when the Messiah being the word, he came into the water to the prophet. The word coming to the prophet. Jesus said in the, these days, he said, he, which is a personal pronoun, he, the Holy Ghost, when he's come up on you, come to you, he will show you these things I've taught you and will show you things to come. Remains the same thing. The Holy Spirit is the prophet among us today. The Holy Spirit is a prophet. Daniel was a prophet. The words of God, the Bible was invested to Daniel to manifest to the people that God still lived. And Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile his investment. <laughs> oh, if the church could only do that. Talk about it. If the church could only purpose in your heart that you won't defile your investment with any type of things that brings you into a system that will take you away from him. Daniel purposed in his heart. And what did it do? It saved his life from the lines. The Hebrew children made an investment in God that they would not break his commandments. No matter if they made an image of their holy brother, um, Daniel, which I believe the image was of Daniel, because he was Belteshazzar's God. And we find out that he made an image to this holy man. No matter how holy the man was, they wasn't to bow down to any form of image. No matter what the image is. The Gentile world was issued in by worshiping a holy image. It's going out in the same way, and you see the system doing it today. So the Hebrew children would not bow to any image. And you find out that their investment paid off by saving their life. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy love and for speaking to us today. Help us, Father, to make the right kind of investment, investment in eternal life. Lord, through Your Holy Spirit, which is the life that comes back on the believer and gives them eternal life, unlike the Old Testament when they killed the life of an animal. We thank Thee for that, Father. May Your blessings forever be with us. And may anointing, Lord, be upon the word that we listen to today to bring it into life in our lives. In the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Hallelujah. 